Good evening, Patriots, and it's Wednesday, December 7th in the year 2022. You know, I, every time, I, I know I've said this probably a hundred, if not a thousand times in this last year, but every time I think we've hit insanity, something else emerges to prove that my expectations of humanity going crazy, I've set the bar way too low. And we're going to get into some of that tonight and some scripture to support it. Before we begin, your digital security is very important, especially your emails. So make sure and check out Start Mail to make sure that you, that your privacy is absolutely insured. The protection of our privacy should be every American's right. But the government is watching. Big tech is selling our data and criminals are hacking our accounts. Everywhere you turn, we are losing our privacy. The most important step you can take is securing your email account. Consider the year's worth of emails and the information they hold about where you've been, who you've met, and what you're thinking. That's why I recommend Start Mail, a private email service that keeps your inbox safe and lets you enjoy secure, ad-free communication without surveillance. Every message can be encrypted, and when you delete an email, it's gone forever. Plus, get unlimited disposable email aliases to protect your identity. Ditch the spy mail and get Start Mail. Right now, Bards FM listeners can save 50% on the first year. Go to startmail.com forward slash Bards. That's Start Mail with a T. Startmail.com forward slash Bards right now to save 50%. This is one of the most important things you can do is to secure your email communications. Again, startmail.com forward slash Bards to secure your email privacy and your personal security. Here you go, startmail.com. Check it out. These links are below every podcast. Really worth looking at. It's not based in Switzerland, which I think is a pretty good idea these days. All right, Patriots, so I'm going to let you listen to a video that it it's self-explanatory. <laughs> I, I'm just going to tell you, there's just certain things in life you say, huh, I, don't, I, I can't top this. Well, I am never going to be the same again after finding out what I just found out. And after watching this video, you're never going to be the same either. Sorry about that. <laughs> Have you all ever heard about this? The Human Meat Project, People for People? I thought this was a joke until I started digging some more and realized this is real and it gets worse. One body can feed up to 40 people. Ugh. Together we can end world starvation, overpopulation, and climate change. Why donate? Over time, the human population has increased rapidly across the globe, leading to a higher demand for food, especially meat products. With this increasing demand, land for residential areas has become more difficult to find, and emissions from farms have risen every year, making the lives we lead less sustainable. We believe that by donating bodies and or organs, we can make a change by creating alternative meat consumption options while addressing the value of a person's body. <laughs> Y'all, they have this end date where you can decide when you want to go in before you get harvested. What? I'm going to pause on this. Y'all read this. And here's some meat products that you can choose from. 
I can't. I literally can't. This can't be real. This can't be real. This can't be real. God, I'm ready to come home. Whenever, just any day now if you want. I'm, I'm ready. These people are crazy down here. I can't do this. This is it's this is this is it. This is this crazy. Am I is that is that normal? Do you guys think that's normal? Human meat? What? So now cannibalism is normal? What? First they changed pedophilia to be minor attracted persons and now cannibalism? Eating human meat? Mm-mm. I can't. I can't, I'm done. That's it. Mm-mm. Can't. What are y'all's thoughts on this? Oh, you might guess I've got a few. I've got a few thoughts on this. <laughs> First thing I did is I had to check out the website. Oh yeah, it's real. Yeah, it's real. Human Meat Project, HMP. That sounds like a grocery store almost, doesn't it? Makes it sound so good. Hey there, where you, where'd you shop tonight, honey? Well, I went down to the HMP. What'd you get? Well, I got some rump steak. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, this is Welcome to the Human Meat Project. We are the Human Meat Donation Program. This is right off their website. But I, you know, I really hope this is a parody, but I'm not seeing anything. I've gone through this thing. I can't find any indication it's a parody. By donating bodies for human consumption, we are taking action to solve overpopulation, which leads to climate change and the greenhouse effects caused by mass farming of livestock animals in order to feed the world. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. At Human Meat Project, we value every body, a <laughs> nice pun, every and every life. We emphasize the source and origins of our human meat to deliver the diversity of our world and reveal its worrying differences of quality of life across the globe. Our organization welcomes every nation, to give back to the rest of the world, hand in hand, and probably a hand in your soup, too. And we can help each other improve living conditions. Oh, I'll bet you can. Honey, we can't feed the kids. All right, dear, then you're going to have to go to the meat project. The kids live, you go. All right, can't wait to see you in the next bowl of soup. And the environment for everyone throughout the globe environment. We are calling you humans to wake up and take action now. We are not living individually and alone. We need each other to survive. Together, we can create a worldwide living for. Together, we can build a world of humanity and solidarity. Every life is cardinal. Doesn't that just give you just so much any warm and fuzzies right there? And you can make a donation if you'd like. It's no problem. It's a donate piece in there. Let's find out how you donate. Meet donor card. You can get a meet donor card if you want. That's right. Meet donor card is an identification card for our donors in case of emergency or if medical action must be taken. It indicates the body as meat donor and it will be taken away for harvesting. This is like Soylent Green stuff. This is fantastic. And why wait for Soylent Green? I'm telling you. A whole body can feed 40 people. Yeah, there you go. So, Patriots, I don't know whether this is parody or whether it's real. But here, here's, here's what I do know, is that when you start to get this dialogue going in the mainstream narrative of any fashion, somebody's thinking about it. And if it's parody, it means that somebody has probably already done it. So, you know, I was asking myself tonight, well, what's the probability of this? And then what do you know? 
I come across an article in Zero Hedge. Now, to understand Zero Hedge, if you've not followed Zero Hedge, and I've read Zero Hedge for years, Zero Hedge is an kind of an out, outer edge, when I say that, very different angle of looking at economic news. Tyler Durden was who started Zero Hedge, and it's a fantastic source of information. And it's always kind of economic-centric, but also deals with, everything through this economic lens leading us into different cultural topics. So wouldn't you know, of all the nights to find an article, what do I stumble on tonight? Oh, it's on the top leader. In fact, it was published at 8.40 p.m. tonight, just shortly after I came across the Human Meat Project. The title of the article is, The WEF Isn't a Cabal, It's a Cult. Hmm, that's interesting. So let's continue. This is an article that was authored by Mark uh, Jeff Otick, and that was originally on bombthrower.com. And here's what he writes. World domination is an age of Lucifer. This book explores a strange new spirituality about the entire, about to enter into competition with other established religions. My purpose here is to convince you that it's, it, that its emergence is probable, if not inevitable. And we skip on down here and he says, uh, the guy who wrote this piece, Robert Tucker, is what he's basing the book on. Robert Tucker was a Canadian psychologist who worked with an organization called COMA, Council on Mind Abuse. Oh, nice. Our Tucker, this Tucker, Robert Tucker, worked with adult survivors and child victims of ritual abuse, also what is known as SRA, Satanic Ritual Abuse. That's my addition right there and spent time interviewing self-described Satanists. His book was more of a thought experiment which tried to identify an impelling idea behind the ideology of a cult. Quote, with destructive cultism, however, I sense something else animating these stories of Satanic activity and ritual abuse, something familiar yet unspoken. Satanism was a puzzle behind which it hid, or a myth beneath which it lived. Like cultism, Satanism seemed to point at something beyond itself. So, essentially, this story goes on to describe, and it's probably worth reading if you get a chance, it's over on Zero Hedge, talking about all the aspects of Satanism, which we've heard a lot here. It gets into their structure, gets into their belief systems. It's actually quite a very good article, actually. And it's Ultimately, what we're witnessing here, even with this human meat experiment, is the outwardly confidence and promoting of satanic and rituals. Now, what I was curious about is, all right, is there any sort of indications in Scripture that this may have been there before? So let's begin with Leviticus 18, 20 to 22. I find this very direct for our times. You shall not have intercourse with your neighbor's wife to be defiled with her. You shall not give any of your offspring to offer them to Moloch, nor shall you profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. You shall not lie with a male as one lies with a female. It is an abomination. I don't know if there's any debate on that. I mean, it's literally like it's black and white there in Scripture. So I kind of carried on, and I was looking for some other indications of things. And I came across 
this over here in Lamentations 2.20. See, O Lord, and look with whom you have dealt, with whom have you dealt us, dealt us. Should women eat their offspring, the little ones who were born healthy? Should priest and prophet be slain in the sanctuary of the Lord? There is, if you will, if you do this research, Lamentations 4.10, the hands of a compassionate woman boiled their own children. They became food for them because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. I'm getting to a point here if you haven't followed so far. Deuteronomy 28.53, then you shall eat the offspring of your own body, the flesh of your sons and your daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you during the siege and distress by which your enemy will oppress you. There is a slight little problem that keeps popping up here in the Old Testament. And that's the apparent happenings of people eating their children or burning them. What we're witnessing right now is not new. And that's the point. And as before, as in now, it found its way into society and became normalized. But there was always a consequence. Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 53. And it starts, this section's actually subtitled Consequence of Disobedience. But it shall come about if you do not obey the Lord your God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes with which I charge you today that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed you will be in the city and cursed you shall be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Cursed shall be... When you come in and cursed shall you be when you go out, the Lord will send you send upon you curses, confusion and rebuke in all you undertake to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds because you have forsaken me. The Lord will make this pestilence cling to you until he has consumed you from the land and where you are entering to possess it. The Lord will smite you with consumption and will fervor and fever and with inflammation and with fiery heat and with the sword and with blight and with mildew, and they will pursue you until you perish. The heaven which is over you shall shed shall be bronze, and the earth which is under you iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder and dust, for heaven it shall come down on it on you until you are destroyed." The Lord shall cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You will go out on way against them, but you will flee seven ways before them, and you will be an example of terror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Your carcasses will be food for, to all the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth, and there will be no one to frighten them away. The Lord will smite you with the boils of Egypt and with tumors and with the scab and with and the itch from which you cannot be healed. The Lord will smite you with madness and with blindness and with bewilderment of heart, and you will grope at noon as the blind man gropes in darkness, and you will not prosper in your ways, but you shall only be oppressed and robbed continually with none to save you. You shall betroth a wife, 
but another man will violate her. You shall build a house, but you will not live in it. It shall plant you shall plant a vineyard, but you will not use it for fruit. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you will not eat it. Your donkey shall be torn away from you and will not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, and you will have none to save you. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people while the eyes look on and yearn for them continually, but there will be nothing you can do. A people whom a people whom do you not know shall eat up the produce of your ground and all your laborers and all, and you will never be do anything but oppressed and crushed continually. You shall be driven mad by the sight of what you see. The Lord will strike on strike you on the knees and legs with sore boils from which you cannot be healed from the sole of your feet to the crown of your head. The Lord will bring you and your king whom you set over you to, to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known, and there shall there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone. You shall become a whore, a proverb, a taunt among the people where the Lord drives you. You shall bring out much seed to the field, but you will gather, gather in little, for the locusts will consume it. You shall plant and cultivate vineyards, but you will neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worm will devour them. You shall have olive trees throughout your territory, but you will not anoint yourself with the olive, for your olives will drop off. You shall have sons and daughters, but they will not be yours, for they will go into captivity. The cricket shall possess all your trees and the produce of the ground. The alien who is among you shall rise above you higher and higher, but you will go down lower and lower. You shall lend to you, but you will not lend to him. He shall be the head and you shall be the tail. Because so all the curses shall come on you and pursue you and overtake you until all until you are destroyed because you would not obey the Lord your God by keeping his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded you. They shall bring become a sign, a wonder on you and your descendants forever. When I read these things, the, I think the problem we have, let me start there, is that we read these as stories in the Bible. This is our history as humankind. And what we're seeing in here is the reflections of where we are today. If you think about the criminals that are running rampant in the cities right now, retail crime now has peaked at $95 billion. It is destroying companies. In fact, Walmart has said now that it will soon be closing stores across the country if they can't rein in the crime. And at the same time, you have leadership that is saying this, this is, a, this is a natural event. These are innocent people that are just trying to get by. We are in a place now where, as a country, we're watching children being mind-raped every day they go to school. Our form of fighting has taken on the form of simply protesting to school boards and accepting the fact that school boards can actually tell us how long we can speak and what we're allowed to speak on. We're compliant to the sin. We have a child sex trafficking problem across this country, which is there, it's present, there's no denying it. 
There's seven to 800,000 children that go missing every year. And we believe the media that is driven by the father of lies. It tells us that's nonsense. Don't believe those numbers. It's only a few thousand, even if it's a few thousand. How can that possibly be with a society that can track you or I everywhere we go? NSA has the capacity to tell you everything about you and everything about every person in this nation. If you use a burner phone and you think you're going to get away by not being tracked, you're fooling yourself because it's a voice print. They already have it. They have a map. It looks like it has a billion dots on it. Every dot represents a person. Once they click on that dot, your entire profile comes up. Everything about you. Every social media site you've connected, every place you've gone, there's a complete map of your life in the database at NSA. And yet we can't find the missing children. Who's lying? And who's not doing anything? And, if, and as I've said already, even if we just look at the children coming across the border, and they're coming across in mass, some are being recycled to get women across, women that are pregnant, and then they disappear. Where do they go? We hear things like, well, they're sanctuary cities. Show me the proof. Where are they? This, this saga just keeps going on and on. And as a society and as a people, we're unconsciously marching through to this without doing anything, and we're not paying attention to the consequences which Scripture has told us God will levy. That's wrath. There's a point where the system becomes so far out of sync that God has no choice but to bring it back in. And we're rapidly approaching that outer limit. Of course, it's always the same thing. At some point or another, we're going to ask the question, what can I do? And part of that is always the same, is that our responsibility is not to accept that the system is directing us, but that, the, that we direct the system. Now, this is going to be an interesting discussion because we're going to get into this in detail, what I just said in the next Friday night, in fact. Because I had Luke, I interviewed Luke from VOR, Voice of Reasons, today. And we get deep into the principles of quantum as a validation for the, for the scriptures and the Holy Spirit. And it's a great discussion. Part of this orientation is that we live in a material world. So it's always about us taking and waiting for someone to give us something. Karl Marx wrote that in, in the human society is defined by commodified exchange. And what that means is that in human society, and this was in his framework, what's called historical materialism, Everything about the way humans existed was based on one person giving something or exchanging something for something else. That there was never a free will of giving. The fact is, Karl Marx was exactly right. And where does it live the most? It lives in our churches that way the most. Because people give with an expectation that God will give them something or they will get something back. And if you doubt that, just look at the 501c3 model. So what's the point? The point is that we are living in a structure that has framed us to seeing that we are obedient to it and that we are victimized by it and that we have no power. And so we walk along and we, we run into these horrors, these horrific things that they're doing to children right now in schools. It is literally mind rape. 
There's no other way to put it. It's a traumatizing of a child's psyche so that they will be groomed and controlled for the rest of their life. These sorts of things, even if in parody, we go back to how we begin tonight with the Human Meat Project, all of these sorts of things are being pounded on your children. They're being normalized. Because they know it's not us, we're the problem, because we're going to prevent something like this. Or just not participate. But what they're doing is they're softening the mind for the future and the future generations. So this human meat project, it could be a parody. But it's a parody with a motive. Because what it's doing is it's preparing the next generation and the generation that follows for the mainstreaming and acceptance of the idea of eating each other. That's not a God thing, I hate to tell you. It's not even close. And with that, we're walking deeper in sin. Christ has given us the authority to step on snakes and scorpions, the authority to step into the world. Snakes and scorpions were representative of power cults. The scorpion is the internal disease. The the snake is external. And so we were given the power to overcome the curses of illness, sickness, disease, and those things that would shorten our life. And we were given dominion over all evil. And yet here we are. We lament over the places that we live. We lament over the surroundings that we're engaged with. We lament about what's happening to our children. We lament sometimes, because we don't do this one enough. We once in a while, we lament over the casting out of our elderly, but that one doesn't happen very often because too many people have already done that and they're like, oh, I don't want to touch that because then I have to, I have to admit my sin. And in the, in, as we go along here, the world is being ravaged around us. Edward Dowd that was on the show, his latest numbers, his latest numbers show that the millennial generation, the healthiest generation, which is 38 to 30 to 38, 28 to 38 range, their death rate has peaked 44% since they brought the injection out. And while we talk about it on this show, and I've talked about this so much, go look at every other Patriot account out there. Tell me who is talking about several very critical issues constantly. Who is talking about reestablishing the true, truthful and honest vote besides talking about Carrie Lake, because I could care less, or Herschel Walker. He was one of them. Who's talking about getting the vote back in our control at a local level? I don't, I don't have an answer, but I can tell you that there aren't that many accounts that are doing it regularly because everybody wants to talk about the big news of the things like the White Hats and they're going to come in and save us and the military operations and they want to take photographs of big, long train deliveries of military vehicles and they're looking to the sky for sky events and it's just like, when are we going to get real? When are we going to start holding ourselves accountable to Scripture? These stories are not told to us just for us to discard and, 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 and not pay attention to. God is bringing wrath upon these people because they've gone so far out of alignment. 
And my guess, that has something probably to do with Leviticus 18, 20 to 22. You shall not have intercourse with your neighbor's wife to be defiled with her. You shall not give any of your offspring offer give your offspring to offer them to Moloch. And we say, well, we don't do Moloch anymore. Really? Abortion clinics are centered on the worship of Moloch and Baal. Again, those numbers, that eight, seven to 800,000 kids that magically go away every year. And this is literally what the media says, and they just brush this off. They say, oh, that's a number. That's just the total number of kids that are reported missing, and most of them are reported, are recovered and brought back to their parents. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take that at face value. Now prove it. And we don't say that. We say, oh, yeah, that's right. That's just the media telling us the truth again. That same media that's run by the father of lies. Yeah, that one. That same one that told us the COVID shot was safe. Same one that told us that we had to wear three masks because it's the only way to protect ourselves. The same one that's been pushing to have children injected. Yeah, that media. Yeah. That media who's, who says openly and just even said it tonight about the fact that Pizzagate is a lie. It was a debunked conspiracy theory. The same one that's trying to find every way possible to excuse away Balenciaga. And the horrors that are going on there, including the latest picture, which is quite interesting, to say the least. With a man, a African-American man, very skinny, looks like he's been on drugs, standing in a black suit in front of a pool with children. With blood dripped on the edge of the pool by his feet. And a black plastic bag that looks like there's a body in it. I'm sure there's nothing to see there. That horse show continues, and we still kind of just walk around in this sort of virtual daze. We have to start facing these hard truths, and we have to start acting like a remnant. We have to call out this evil. We have to pray into this evil to destroy it, and we have to start accepting a simple paradigm shift. This world does not direct us. We direct it. Let me say that again. This world does not direct us. We direct it. That is the power that God has given us. And I, I will guarantee you that someone's going to call this heretic because they're going to start saying, oh, that's not true because we're supposed to be here until Christ comes back and blah, blah, blah. I don't see anywhere in Scripture it says for us to roll over and be a dead cockroach or to be a doormat to this evil. Every story that I see is about fighting and conquering evil and confronting evil boldly like Christ did in the Pharisees, in the temple, flipping tables where necessary, healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead. But, oh, that's, that's that weird type of Christianity. That's that stuff that goes over there, and you guys call that deliverance ministry. Except it works. And it makes effect and it relies on the living God and the spirit supernatural God. And it makes a change in people and it transforms in them and heals them and it sets them free. We're at war here. And we're frankly, as a, as a population and as a Christian movement, we're getting our butts handed to us right now. And it's not because we should, or two or more are gathered. It only took 300 with Gideon. It took one with David. 
God doesn't need the mass numbers. He needs those that are looking to him as the supernatural God and saying, send me, but not just by word, but by the true conviction within the body of Christ and understanding that we are our greatest limit and we have to reject this father of lies paradigm that we live in and start embracing the power of the Holy Spirit that sets before us, which is limitless. We are living in the body of the infinite, not the finite. They're trying to bring everybody into the ultimate trap. They're bringing, they're roping this corral around humanity. And this corral is all about convenience and ease and the shiny silver object and the squirrel that runs across the trail. In the meantime, they're gearing up for mass harvest. These people do these parodies on human meat, or maybe they're not parodies. But the truth is that is what they desire. That's what they, that is what they crave, the flesh of us. We have been framed in a paradigm to doubt whether the Bible is real. We're constantly hearing this. It's like, well, the Bible, I don't know. You know, it's like stories and stuff, that book you guys read. But the real science, the real thing is Darwinism because you all are a bunch of monkeys when you grew up first and then you quickly evolved and you became humans, but you started out as a fish and you were in a mud pond and you had some little feet that sprouted out of your gills and then you crawled up onto the earth and you started breathing air and pretty soon you had hair and you had a head and you grew up to be a little monkey and you were eating bananas and then one day the banana changed and you suddenly ate a special banana and you grew up to be a human with, an, with another brain cell, another member of your DNA. DNA and you jumped up and your chromosomes changed and you started to think and you started to be upright and you started to walk and suddenly you were building ships and calling them spaceships and supposedly sending a Tesla to space and building things like Twitter. Come on. It's all lies. We were made perfect in the image of God. We were made absolutely perfect. The world is not 18 billion years old. Bible's giving us our history, and they want you to not believe it. They don't want you to believe in the errors and the faults of previous civilizations that succumb to the, to the whispers of Lucifer. So they cast us away. They don't want us to read Leviticus this way. They don't want us to see the, de- the devastation that was raged upon the earth by God, by those that stepped away, because they want you to believe that you have no responsibility to anybody but yourself. Thou shalt do what thou will by your will because under Lucifer's world, you can do anything you want. You can sleep with a male. You can cut off your weenie and become a woman. You can take some hormones and grow some boobs. If you're a woman, you can take some other hormones and grow a beard. It's all plural. And if you want, really, you can put on a set of ears and you can call yourself a dog or a monkey. You can get down and you can lap water out of a bowl and you can pretend you're that. And apparently that's what you become because it's all a choice. Because in that world of insanity, there is no God. And so where are the righteous men and women of God as this is happening? Where are they? Where are they wielding the sword of the spirit and crushing this evil? Where are they in the mightiness of prayers of heaven, 
not just the prayers of myself. Oh, Lord, take this away. It's so burdensome. Where are those weapons of war that are so mighty with our prayers that speak into the world, that speak the word into the world, that say, Lord, condemn this evil? Where are those? Because I know their heart is here. But where is that voice? The word is the power of life and death. And if we speak not, if we do not challenge this in this world, we face death. Our prayers are mighty. Our faith is the greatest thing ever in the universe, and they know it. These Luciferians know exactly what they're contending against, and they laugh at us. They mock us. They put up sites about human meat knowing we'll do nothing. We, they know that we'll see this and go, oh my goodness, how awful, this is horrible. Instead of being righteously on fire to condemn it and to speak the words to have it cast out from this world. The difference in the two models is one sees the world as dictating to us The other sees the world as shaped by our prayers. We have the mightiness of the Lord within us. And that is a forgiving and loving space in our heart that is equally mighty in the power and glory of kingdom because we are given the authority to walk in kingdom authority. Christ gave that to us. To do greater works than he But do we believe it? Because I'll tell you what, those Luciferians believe what they're doing. They believe in their incantations. They believe in their curses. They believe in their blood sacrifices. They don't do it for the hobby. They gain power out of this. They gain power to control. We have to get on fire. We have to light the fires of righteousness within us. And we have to start praying into this with the mightiness of the authority of kingdom. And we have to start bringing truth into the world. I had a discussion earlier tonight about the time we're in and how quickly they're trying to brush all of this under the rug. How they're trying to take away any form of accountability and simply going to this Christ consciousness crap that says, well, everything shall be forgiven. Not that way it isn't. There is accountability for actions here on earth as there is in heaven. There is accountability. And we have to speak that truth to ensure that that accountability is manifested. Could you imagine if every person that involved in this COVID con had to hear and finally accept the truth that they were participants and empowering agents within the greatest lie and destruction of humankind? You're looking for justice. That's where it begins. And it falls upon the remnant to do just that. And in all of this, And all of the crazy things that we read about and the insanity that goes on. 
the one thing that just gets at me every single day. It's the children. And just how it just continues and continues and continues. When the nation turns its eyes to the children, the mightiness of heaven will be seen and witnessed. I truly believe that. But it's going to take a powerful shift in all of us to understand that all of this other stuff that they're trying to do, wanting to do, their curses, their ridiculous websites, their threats, all of that is designed ultimately to divert from one principal issue. And what is that? The children. Because the one thing that they have to have, the one thing that they slather over, the one thing that they dream about, the one thing that they get sexualized over are the children. And these groomers, these sick beasts are in our schools. They're in our houses of worship. They're in our government. They're in our corporate boardrooms. They're in our neighborhoods. And because we don't want to see, because we want to question what we feel or sense, because we don't, aren't willing to ask the hard questions or do the hard research, it just festers like a cancer. And the sin grows until the sin becomes a blight. And the blight destroys all that was great that God created. Our prayers are where this begins. And they're prayers, not of victimization, but of empowerment that have to be used. They're prayers that we have to pray in with the mightiness of the Holy Spirit to know that we can affect the outcome. We have to trust in God. There's no question. This is not a fight that we wage alone. But if we aren't praying for outcomes and all we're praying is for mercy, I don't know what that is because God didn't put us here to be a bunch of weakling people. He put us here to be mighty men and women of heaven. Something to think about. Let's pray. Father God, we come here tonight humbled, but hopefully the hearts of the righteous are on fire. We are not here to concern ourselves with the sensitivities of those that walk away from you, that walk off the cliff, that walk into darkness, that seek to groom, to seek to harm, to seek to do whatever they do to destroy the beauty and the perfection which you created here and which you gifted to us. Father God, we sit here tonight and we're calling upon heaven to work through us in a mighty way, to smote this evil, to expose these groomers to the light, to save these children, but to give us the empowered tools and wisdom to step into this fight in mighty ways to put an end to this evil. There's timid hearts out here, Father. We know that. And there's some that are concerned 
about consequences, and there's within that underlying belly, there's fear. And so we pray that the power of the Holy Spirit can settle upon those that are trying to strip away that fear and to realize that we walk within kingdom authority, not the worthless, meekly authority of the father of lies. We rebuke any sort of whispering that comes from the father of lies. He has no dominion here. We pray for the glory and the heavenly power to settle in upon everyone's hearts, to feel the power and joy of the kingdom, and equally the responsibility that we have in walking in this world. And we stand mighty in the face of this enemy, like David's, armed with our five stones and with the confidence of knowing that you, Lord, and only with you, Lord, can this enemy be defeated. So hear our prayers, Father God. We humbly place ourselves before you. We pray for the repentance of this nation, for it has gone awry. And it continues to walk in the darkness and defile that which you created. And we will stand for this no more. Father, we also pray for mercy upon this nation. And now we pray for the mightiness of the kingdom to flow through us. And for all that you bring to rain down through us upon this land to begin to shake it deeply and take the authority back in your name and in the name of our Savior, Christ Jesus. We walk under the banner of Christ. We don't hesitate. We have no fear in our hearts. And we confront this enemy most boldly with the sword of truth. Wielding the sword of the Holy Spirit to crush upon them in such a mighty way as to smote these demons and cast them out. And Jesus, we ask that you take these demons and cast them anywhere you seek to cast them. But let it be known that as we walk on this earth, as we, every place that we place our foot, we are reclaiming that space for kingdom once again, a sovereign territory returned to the power of God. And that every demon in which we face, every evil which we confront, make it bow, not to us, Father, but to the glory of Jesus that flows through us and the light of Christ that shines upon us, that that demon will bow before him. And for those without the strength to even bow, they will run and be cast out. We are taking this earth back, Father. For we are the mighty men and women of God. We pray for your wisdom. We pray for your guidance in walking with kingdom authority. We're not hesitating now, Father. We're not asking what ifs. We're simply saying we need this. We will walk in this. And we're simply asking now for you to guide us so that we can honor you and honor our Savior in every step. And yes, there will be moments that we will stumble. And for that, we we will seek repentance and restore ourselves next to the throne. But we will walk as soldiers in this army. We will walk as the mighty men and women that you blessed to be in this land, and we will reclaim this kingdom in your name. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We always will stumble. We're designed that way. That's why we have that little thing called repentance. It's not a one-off deal. 
It's a continual process of getting rid of the sin and getting ourselves propped back up in the perfection. And it's perfection that we seek, not perfection that we walk in. Only Christ can claim that perfection. But in the body of Christ as we walk, we seek to go higher and greater. We must take an affirmative position in this fight. We are dealing with an enemy that understands the power of spiritual warfare. Our pulpits have become sold out and weak, more concerned with the doctrinal issues of the Bible than teaching the foundations of Scripture to learn the greater powers of the supernatural God. And he's waiting at the door to be invited in to dine with us whenever our hearts are ready. So patriots, invite him in. Dine with him. Taste of the chalice of love and glory of kingdom and the mightiness that the kingdom authority brings. It's a massive responsibility. It's a glorious walk. And through it, we shape the world in his image and restore him back to the throne. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us, and God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue this enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in.